Do it. Do it. Hello, and welcome everyone to the It Just Works podcast. I am Ryan, and today I'm joined with Alex. And today we are going to talk about the prequel trilogy from Star Wars. Alex, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Ryan? I am fan fucking tastic. I'm ready to talk about these prequels and maybe cry a little bit at the end when we talk about Phantom Menace. But uh, I think we should just go right into it and start with the Phantom Menace. Um, I rewatched it last week and I never thought it was a terrible movie. I knew it had its issues, but I watched it last week and I still thought to myself, you know, these, these kitty jokes that they had in the, the movie really hold it back quite a bit. Uh, it's pretty bad. You know, the Marvel movies, they found a way to do it right. Hell, even Blade came out in the same era and it still had its shitty jokes, but they worked out pretty well. I just think all the kid stuff that did with Anakin and the Gungans was a little bit too much for me. Um, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that they focused on that because they probably could have had a solid movie, you know, with Qui-Gon Jinn and characters like Darth Maul that were introduced. You know, they could have done a lot more there. And I also would like to say that the fact that most of the movie takes place on Tatooine, uh, a planet we've already seen so much in Episode Four, it's like, I, I didn't need it to be there. They should have found a different place to maybe focus on, a different planet that we haven't seen you know, Naboo was cool. It was the first time we got to see Coruscant because uh, they weren't in the original trilogy until the good old digital remasters. Um, yeah, so Phantom Menace, you know, we're going to start here. Uh, it's not a bad movie, but the things that it gets held back by are pretty strong. Alex, what do you think about Star Wars Phantom Menace? Go for it. I can <laughs> tell... <laughs> Go for it. It's one of the worst Star Wars movies, I'd say. Uh, right up there with the new uh, new trilogy that came out. Yeah, I'd say Force Awakens is actually better than The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what were they thinking with all the, uh, the kid jokes and the Gungans? I mean, like, they learn their lessons in Attack of the Clones because it's not as uh, kiddy. Like, everything's not just one giant joke. Maybe George Lucas was like, all right, maybe I'll retire here now. (laughs) But then he had to keep on going because everybody loves Star Wars. Uh, Yeah, I would just say Gungans and get rid of Kid Annie and more spaceship battles and all that. And not fly into the base command ship and you know not be blasted away go through five hangers then find the fusion uh reactor blow it up and then once his shields go up then they start shooting him (laughs) i should have warned everybody that is listening to this um we aren't uh gonna hold anything back when it comes to these movies so please understand that uh we are going to be shitting on them too and i agree with you when anakin flies the naboo starfighter into the capital ship all willy-nilly and nothing happens (laughs) it's kind of like Really? Like, the Force helped him there? Like, come on, man. He's the chosen one. (laughs) I just feel like, uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, You know, I thought the pod racing was okay. I didn't think that part was too bad. I kind of believed into it a little bit. Uh, Either way, seeing that as a kid was super badass. Uh, You know, playing the Star Wars pod racer game on the Nintendo 64. Uh, for anyone listening, it just got re-released on Steam, PS4, and the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it holds up very well. I bought it today. 
for $9. <laughs> and I already feel like I got my $9 worth. So go check that out. Um, yeah. Ugh. God, the stuff that holds it back just really sucks. But the stuff that, you know, makes the movie great, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn, easily one of the most badass Jedi they've ever showed in a movie. No big deal. Oh, Alex, why are you make, he's making a face, everybody. Why are you making a face? Oh, I think he should have been, you know, that should have been the main focus. Then they found Annie, you know? Yeah, no, I, uh, I didn't really think about that. Uh, they probably could have just made Qui-Gon Jinn uh, the chosen one, yeah. They, they probably, oh. you know, went down that path, but then 4, 5, and 6 were already made, so they obviously couldn't do that. But <laughs> Qui-Gon's a horrible person, too. Freaking betting on a <laughs> little kid. Yeah, this is death race. Ah, all in on him. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll take the six-year-old for 500 and our starship. Okay. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that either. <laughs> he pays money for a child slave with a starship to win a race. He bets everything on this kid to hopefully make it out of the race alive. Damn. And then his mom's okay with it. She's like, he was meant for this. Really, bitch? He might die right now. <laughs> I mean, you saw all the other pod racers. They're getting, like, flattened out. <laughs> the beginning line. <laughs> right. Even no, he, like, fl flies up in the sky, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't die. All of his engines blow up. But I think there's a couple of them that die that Saboba kills or something, like, makes him go straight into a wall. Here we here we got this like six year old running around, doing his thing. No big deal, guys. He's not a slave in this race. You know, getting paid by a starship to hopefully win. Oh God, I didn't think about that. That is not good. So yes, the the Phantom Menace. Uh, I would say, it's on par with the the new sequel trilogy. Uh, it's definitely not the the brightest part of the prequels. Um, the Gungans are cool. But then again, you go look at their war, and the war that they have with the droids is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. They're throwing plasma grenades from Halo at droids. They have sticks, and the droids have guns. So it's very, very weird how they went about that. Well, they had EMP grenades, too. Ooh. They had EMP grenades to save them, but they, their giant Brachiosaurus fucking plasma grenade carriers blew up or they died so they couldn't ha use their EMP grenades anywhere so that didn't work out for them so well I mean even the like in episode 3 with the Wookiees uh, on their home planet that whole battle scene I mean I guess the clones were there too but you know it looked a lot better with them just charging out and then having uh, some of their own vehicles that actually worked against the droid army Versus uh, the Gungans. Yeah, that was one of the things I saw before we started recording this because I didn't finish episode three. Just for clarity, I did watch it like twice in the last six months. But yes, I just got done watching that whole scene where Order 66 happens and you get to see the Wookiees fight the droids. And you can totally believe it, you know, with their flying aircrafts like you were just talking about. It's, it's more believable than the EMP grenades <laughs> the Gungans are using. And Misa Jar Jar is the general of the army as well. So, you know, it's just really fantastic. Yeah, and then during the CGI, George Lucas uh, took the Windows start screen from his Windows Vista computer and just, like, copy and pasted it on there. That looks good. 
everyone, if you haven't seen The Phantom Menace in a while, go back and watch it and at least skip to the war, the, the fight scene with the Gungans and the droids. The entire uh, battlefield looks like the Windows 98 start screen. So, <laughs> just, so just remember that if you uh, end up watching the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to add to The Phantom Menace? I... I I can't think of anything at this particular moment. I don't. I don't think it's like terrible, but this, like I said before, the stuff that really holds it back are things that you kind of can't let go. Like the biggest thing for me, and you brought it up earlier and we talked about it, was the Naboo starfighter going into the capital ship to blow up the fusion reactor from inside. That's bullshit. <laughs> like, no, That's doesn't even know how to fly it. He's just like pressing buttons over there. I'd like to point out, besides pod racing, he's never flown a ship in his life, but somehow managed to, with autopilot, fly his way into a capital ship hangar, which autopilot wouldn't do, so I don't know what the fuck is going on with that movie. But that's pretty much it for The Phantom Menace. Um, we'll touch back up on that later when it comes to uh, reviews of these movies, but we're going to move on to Attack of the Clones. Um, it's a movie that meant a lot to me as a kid. I played the games that came out with it so star wars clone wars came out and you actually played as mace windu and it actually shows his perspective of the battle at geonosis where he has to uh, enter the arena and save everybody and so uh before we jump into it i guess i want to just preface by saying that the movie has a special place in my heart because i think the clone troopers are the best part of the entire star wars franchise besides lightsabers and jedi and the sith so, I guess what I'm saying is the last 40 minutes of the movie are pretty great, and everything else sucks. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I think uh, the Camino parts are great. I think Jango Fett giving him that backstory, which leads us into Bubba Fett, is really cool. Um, you know, we see a lot of stuff in Coruscant with the Jedi Council. Nothing crazy, but, you know... Uh, and I guess the worst part, I really got to get into it. I don't want to because it, it's kind of a Debbie Downer for me, but they had to show it, is the rom-com Anakin and Padme scenes that are just fucking terrible. Uh, although I almost I forgot, so I'm glad I remembered Annie. <laughs> I'm glad I remembered. Uh, he does try to save his mom from Tusken Raiders once he finds out about her, uh, you know, her being captured. And it is kind of, I guess, a really sad part in the movie um, where he tries to save her, but she's uh, she's lost the will to live, essentially. But he kills everybody in the camp. And so that's where you kind of get an idea of how the dark side consumes Anakin at the end of the day. Uh, spoilers, I guess. But I'm pretty sure everybody in the world seen these fucking movies by now. Um, so one of the parts that we talked about with Phantom Menace is how kitty it was and how the jokes really just didn't work out well attack of the clones definitely took besides the rom-com part a more serious side to the story that they were trying to tell which uh sets up four five and six and i i think the movies are great um the you know mace windu saving everybody on geonosis to which leads into the massive war uh that we get to see on the planet i think is just phenomenal and the time when the movie came out you know i thought the cg was great you know, you felt like you were there. Uh, they did a really good job. There's no Windows 98 plateau screens or anything like that. Um, didn't care for the ending so much. You know, when Obi-Wan and 
Anakin are fighting Count Dooku. I feel like he took him down a little bit too easy. Like, it was just a little too easy for him. And then Yoda shows up and does nothing. I just think it was, like, a waste of those characters because, you know, these characters were introduced to us when they were older, and they were, like, like you know, they were Jedi Masters, of course, but they're supposed to be, like, these all-powerful Jedi, but, you know, Count Duke is, like, throwing rocks at him and shit, and <laughs> they can't do anything against him. I don't know. Uh, the movie is great, but it's not without its issues. So, yeah, that's kind of where I kind of where I land with Attack of the Clones there. A lot better than Phantom Menace, though. It's so much better than Phantom Menace, yes. It's, it's a lot better. <laughs> One of my main gripes on the, the Dooku scene is <laughs> when, like, he crushes the giant uh, metal pillar and, like, it's about to fall on Obi-Wan and Anakin, and Yoda's like... Oh, like using the force to save it. Like, why doesn't Dooku just come up and go, <laughs> like stab him? <laughs> like, it's either Yoda's gonna, you know, use, drop it, <laughs> or save himself. <laughs> Good point. He could have just stabbed Yoda, and then the rock would have fell on his stupid corpse. And then he could have walked up to Obi Wan and Anakin and just like stabbed them too. <laughs> yeah, Saruman should have been more in the movies. I don't know why he wasn't. Gandalf would have done a better job against, you know, against him. But <laughs> uh, is there anything you don't like about Attack of the Clones, or is there anything that like you really, really loved about it? Like, uh, just give me two of those. What's something you really loved, and then what's something you really like? You would have taken it out of the movie. Um, I mean, I would have. Uh, I loved the part of Anakin going back for his mother because it really showed his dark side. Um, but I would also take out, uh, like the whole Padme love scene, like, you know, tone it down. I get it. You know, they got to make, make two babies that go on to the franchise, but, uh, they could have made it a little less Hallmark movie ish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. I guess if you were to like fix anything about their romance, it would be the flower scene when they're in the, the field of flowers. Like, I don't know, dude, that was a little much. Like he's going to pretend like he got fucking hit by this stupid triceratops or something, whatever the fuck it was. I don't know, man. I, George Lucas, I don't want to know how his love life is, but if episode two has anything to say about it, it ain't so hot. So I I think I know why he did this. Like he was sitting in his gold tub from uh-huh. all his mucho money he's made off the franchise, and he's just reading like Fifty Shades of Grey. Right? Like, oh, Attack of the Clones. And he like pulls out his notebook. He's like, love scene. <laughs> he did this whole time. Thank you, Fifty Shades. I of hate Grey. sand. It's so coarse and rough and gets into everything. <laughs> Yeah, besides Anakin's hate for sand, and <laughs> I don't know why they felt they needed to put those scenes in there. I get it. I get it. It's It was to show how much he hates, you know, the Tusken Raiders for doing what they did to his mom and, the you know, where he comes from, which is Tatooine. But I feel like they maybe could have found a different couple lines to put in there instead of that. I don't know. Um, so we're already done with Phantom Menace. We're on episode two. What are your thoughts on Obi-Wan as a character so far, you know, compared to old Ben 
in episode four? Like, do you, do you like what they're doing with him? Um, did you even care in the first place how they, uh, you know, developed that character since we already know what happens to him in the fourth movie? Yeah. Uh, I actually like, uh, his portrayal of Obi-Wan, uh, you know, smart, witty. No, not really smart. <laughs> gets it gets in a lot of trouble. I look good. Gets himself captured on the <laughs> You're supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. Odysseus deeds in absolutes. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get there too. Uh, what about Yoda so far? So we had him as an ugly puppet who was digitally remastered in episode one. Uh, in episode two, um, I wouldn't say he does a lot, but obviously we know what happens at the end of the movie with him. Do you like what they did with him since you originally saw him in episode five and six? Uh, do you even give a shit about Yoda? He, look, he looks fine. I always hated Yoda, though. <laughs> this is the way he talks. Pisses me off. Yeah, that's definitely one of the questions I'd have for George if I ever got to is why did you make Yoda talk the way you did? Just like Jar Jar with his with his you know uh, race of people, they uh, the way they talk with Misa and Isa and stupid, you know, like I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if they sound more intelligent, we would uh, appreciate the character a little bit more. But I guess not because we don't now. It's like uh, Yoda's trying to like think of two sentences and like, he makes them one. <laughs> right? <laughs> he just combines them together. Uh, so what did you think of the clones being introduced into this? Obviously, you, pro- you know what happens to them over time, but were you excited to see that like the Jedi, so to speak, had like an army, which is something that uh, we never got to see in the original trilogy? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I just uh, don't understand why the Jedis didn't question the clones more. Like, hey, this guy died 10 years ago. Maybe somebody had a master plan all along. (laughs) Who died 10 years ago? Uh, The guy who put in the order for the clones. Uh, He was one of the masters. Oh, yes, yes. One of the Jedi masters who put in, like, he was the one that helped uh, make the clones happen. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to it that you find through the games like Star Wars Bounty Hunter where you literally play as Jango Fett it tells you a ton of backstory on what led him to uh, being part of the clones uh, or part of making the clones and I do find it weird that like none of them questioned it to the point where they couldn't sense Order 66 like they couldn't sense something about it you know the whole point of the force is to be able to sense things and one of the things you see in episode 3 is Anakin can, is so powerful with the Force, he's literally sensing the future, like Padme dying. He doesn't know how it happens, but he knows it's hap- it's going to happen. Like, he can feel it. So how can no one question... Honestly, as I'm saying this right now, how the fuck does no one question the Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> how, in episode one, Palpatine's up some sketchy shit. Episode two, it continues it. In episode three, he literally, like... He literally puts it out there on a doormat, and they still can't figure it out. <laughs> oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, son of a bitch. Uh, I love the clones, but, yes, it's extremely stupid that, like, no one ever questioned it and really put more thought into it. Like, even Obi-Wan, as he's walking around Kamino, it's like, bro, what? <laughs> like, question it, bro. Like, there's something wrong here. They are making a 
uh, a biological army. There's got to be something wrong with this. And no one questioned it. And it's stripped from the Jedi Archives. Woo! Looks like we got another mystery on our hands, gang. <laughs> yeah, but no one wants to solve that mystery, gang. Yeah, that's true, too, because he has to go to his friend that owns the restaurant uh, at the beginning of the movie and to ask him about Camino because, it, like you said, it was stripped from the Jedi uh, records. So apparently that's not enough of a red flag to also ask this dude, like, hey, like, why do you know about this? But we don't. <sighs> Damn plot holes and fuck. I still really love Attack of the Clones, but... Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, did you like what they did with Jango Fett, or did you hate it? Oh, I, I liked it. Um, and then with Boba, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another scene uh, where Obi-Wan, like, Boba shoots the... Or, Jango shoots his rocket, and it, like, uh, hits by Obi-Wan, and he flies away <laughs> from the explosion. And then uh, Boba shoots him with a spaceship. <laughs> like, you just see Obi-Wan fly away again. It's like, no burn holes or anything on him. Like, he's totally fine, guys. Don't worry about it. And he uses I, used, gr- I used the Force. <laughs> I used the Force. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. You know, Leia can fly like Superman in space. Maybe Obi-Wan made it happen on planet. jeez. Uh, well, that's Attack of the Clones. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, the issues aren't nearly as bad as Phantom, the Phantom Menace. Um, I'm actually kind of okay with the way they killed Jingo Fett, you know, with uh, Mace Windu pretty much easily annihilating him. But it was also kind of cool because you saw Samuel Jackson in Phantom Menace, but you didn't see him do anything, so we don't know, like, how powerful his character is. He's got a purple lightsaber, which I guess in Legends or the lore kind of means that he harnesses a more darker side of the Force. You know, because every crystal, you know, means the Jedi is different. I'm doing air quotes for anybody listening because Alex is rolling his eyes hard right now. But anyways, so you see him, you know, fuck shit up in episode two. So I thought that was really cool. Um, It's just cool to see a different color lightsaber because all we knew was green, red, and blue. Um, You know, the the fight scene where all the Jedi come out of nowhere, uh, all around the Coliseum was super badass. And then from the sky, you see uh, Republic gunships coming down, dropping off clone troopers. And it's like the first time ever you really saw like a war in Star Wars that wasn't in space, destroying the same cube. I'm sorry, the, the same spear that they destroyed in the first movie. So it was pretty sick to see that. Uh, I'd say Attack of the Clones is very good. It's a lot better than The Phantom Menace, a lot of rewatchability. Um, I recommend just watching the last 45 minutes from now on if you've already seen it once. But uh, Alex, episode three, uh, take it away. What are your thoughts on the movie? Uh... I thought it was pretty good. I like the beginning scenes. Uh, I mean, it's a battle throughout the movie. I mean, minor political things and Emperor Palpatine, of course. You know, do it. <laughs> it's not uh, the Jedi way. Do it. Yeah. Um, of course, killing off Count Dooku. I, I didn't like that. I wish he uh, he was more in the movie because uh, he's such a great character. Uh they showed so little of them. They showed General Grievous more than him, which I have a gripe about. Well, before we get into your gripe about General Grievous, we'll kind of, for episode three, since it's like such an important movie, we can start from like beginning, you know, we can kind of talk about the entire movie, whereas the other two, we kind of just skipped all around. But 
Revenge of the Sith is such an important movie to the entire franchise, even with the stupid-ass sequel trilogy. Um, I would like to also start off by saying that, yeah, once the, the credits got done rolling, or the opening credits, and you see the uh, Republic capital ship flying over Coruscant, and then Obi-Wan and Anakin flying their ships, like that entire scene uh, in the theaters back in the day was probably the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen at that time as a kid. And, oh, God, it was incredible to be able to also relive that in the Battlefront games. But I agree with you. Like, Count Dooku's probably got a minute of screen time, if that. It's very questionable. And his character uh, is a part of the conception of the clone troopers. He's such a important part of the story and he learns up until his death that he was set up to be killed anyways by Palpatine, his own master. And to see none of that fleshed out uh, just really sucks. I, you know, um, I am forgetting the actor's name at this current time, but uh, Saruman is super fucking badass. And he just did such a good job playing Count Dooku. He was such a menacing character, but you really, you really believed in his actions. Um, for what he did, and it sucks to see him get killed off so quickly, and then you have this stupid robot that's choking all the time, or I'm sorry, coughing, and we're just to assume that he's a badass, but then he runs like a little bitch the first second he gets to. So that's pretty much the opening to Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I kind of agree with you so far. I thought uh, General Grievous would have been cool, but I feel like they should have just made, in some way, you'd have to change the movie a little bit, all of his scenes, cut him out of the movie and just make a Count Dooku and make Obi-Wan finish Count Dooku on Utapal. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you do that or would you still want General Grievous to be in the movie? Well, I, I think he's cool. It's just he's too much in the movie. I mean, like, especially in, like, the show when it expands more. He right. They get away too much. And it was uh, Christopher Lee, by the way. Christopher Lee, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I, I guess there's no other way to do it because, you know, Palpatine had to get his new impre- apprentice. And I guess that'd be the perfect time. But I just wish they it was a little later in the film. You know, right. with Dooku in it more. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you would agree with me here, but uh, if anyone watched the Clone Wars series, you made a good point, like extremely brief. But you said that they get away all the time. Well, in the Clone Wars animated show, they kind of did. Like, they would always end up fighting each other, like Obi-Wan and Grievous or Anakin and Grievous. And, like, the most bullshit reasons he would find a way to escape. And I, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but I feel like Revenge of the Sith should have got a two-part movie. There's just so much to show between the wars that they could have uh, helped us emphasize, or not emphasize but kind of side with the clone troopers and what they have to go through to fight in these wars, because they don't do that at all in the live action films. They only do it once. And that's also in the beginning when they're flying the AR one seventies right behind uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. And he's saying, Hey, there's one behind me. Anakin's like, I'm going to go help him. And Obi-Wan says, no, they have a job to do. And so do we. So like you see it briefly, but could you imagine that whole first part of revenge of the Sith going over the Clone Wars, going over General Grievous, giving Count Dooku the time that he deserves as a character, and then leading up to... Actually, yeah, part two could have been everything that we got, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, part two could have been everything that we got in the original movie, but 
there definitely should have been a first part that goes over some of the wars that these guys went through. Maybe they could have done... Actually, you know what? If they did that too, they could have maybe split the whole Anakin and Padme bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> from episode two into Revenge of the Sith part one. So I wish they would have went that route. Uh, not a lot of people did that at the time when these movies were being made, but Revenge of the Sith has so much going on more than any other Star Wars movie made till this day that it really sucks that we didn't get like a six hour movie pretty much. Um, I know that's a little bit much, but if anyone's watched the Clone Wars, there's so many story arcs that happen that they could have fit into um, the movies like Ahsoka. She's going to be in the Mandalorian, the live action show. So now you're just assuming that all these fans are going to know who she is. It would have been really cool if they had her, in the live action film and then brought her back after all this time in the Mandalorian. Um, obviously it's easy to critique it like that though, from the you know, from what we have now, but obviously back in the day, they didn't have all of this in mind. Um, they didn't have all that lore either, you know, all set up. Right. Cause Clone Wars was still being made after Revenge of the Sith. They were still building on that story. So yeah, you're right. You know, it's easier to complain about it or critique it like that today, but at the time they did not have the amount of content or media that we do now. I just, uh, uh, what is, would have been cool. Uh, let's see what's, what's next after that. Uh, Anakin gets appointed to the Jedi council, but they do not grant him the rank of master and they want him to spy on the chancellor. Would you say that he was overreacting a little bit about that? Because Obi-Wan makes a good point that it's never been done for somebody at his age. Yeah, but, um, I mean, Palpatine was kind of feeding lies into his ear that whole time he's been helping him be his friend. Uh, So, you know, he probably had doubts. He's always had doubts because he's uh, always in between the light and the dark side of the Force. So... He's like a freaking elevator <laughs> going up and down on it. <laughs> no, he really is. He definitely uh, teeter-tots around on the light side and the dark side quite a bit. Uh, you definitely nailed it with that. And uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I just thought about it when you were talking about Palpatine kind of feeding his brain, do you think Palpatine was the one feeding his brain with those thoughts of Padme dying? Because, you know, dark side users have the way to manipulate people like that. Do you think that that was still Anakin just being that powerful with the Force on his own? Or Palpatine actually manipulating his brain to think that Padme would have died? Because technically, if if Anakin never became Darth Vader, like Padme wouldn't have died. He's the one that kills her. Yeah, I don't think it was actually Palpatine. Um, I think uh, Anakin, because he was doing that with his mother. Um, so it was like right before, you know somebody dies that he cared about um he saw the dream so he's just foretelling the future it's just he was going along with the actions that led it to there Uh, but i don't think it was palpatine at all no honestly my question is kind of stupid too because i even talked about at the beginning of the episode where you know anakin's having these um you know these uh foreshadowing dreams and his mom was one of them. I don't know if I talked about it while we were recording, but I definitely talked about it earlier. 
So I guess he wasn't manipulating him on that aspect, but he was definitely feeding his brain a lot of thoughts that made him hate the Jedi Council. Uh, but one of the things that bothers me with this whole uh, Palpatine-Anakin arc is once he finally figures out that Palpatine is the Sith Lord that the Jedi have been looking for this entire time in this trilogy, which, you know, like I said earlier, he literally put it out there for him to figure out who he was. Um, <laughs> um, I got Real quick, I'm pretty sure in Episode 1, Darth Sidious talks to um, everybody he's captured inside the Naboo palace and it couldn't be more clear that it's like the fucking you know chancellor or he's a senator at the time but his oh, like got that hood yeah sorry he covers his <laughs> eyes I don't know who it is um it bothers me that Anakin finally figures out hey this motherfucker is the guy that everyone's been telling me about they were actually right to have me spy on him even though it's against the code they meant they meant it for the greater good yet he still tells Mace Windu he can't stop being a little bitch and hiding in the council like that he asked him to. He runs to see what's going on with Palpatine to save him. And he does that. He saves him. And it's like, I get, we already have four, five, and six, but this is all me um, talking about it like those movies didn't exist yet. Doesn't it seem like so horribly written the way they went about it? Like it, it goes against everything that his character turns into and what his character could have been. Like he could have been the chosen one and finish it right there with Mace Windu. And I, obviously that wasn't going to happen because we get Darth Vader, right? But why would you write the movie like that? Uh, well, that's George Lucas writing. Uh, <laughs> um, what I don't get is like, you know, Palpatine tells him he's the Sith Lord and Anakin pulls out his lightsaber and is like, I need to go inform the council. And like gives uh, Palpatine the chance to run away. <laughs> like, no, you're coming with me. You're under arrest. <laughs> yeah, so he... <laughs> Come on, dude, you're a general. <laughs> I didn't even fucking think about that. He doesn't arrest him. He lets him be. This guy could be halfway across the galaxy by the time Mace Windu even hears a word about the truth. Oh, man. You're really good at bringing out these plot holes. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, so yeah, I just, I get they had to move the story in a certain direction because we already know what happens in the future. Nope. I understand. But I feel like, and maybe I'm cherry picking at this point, but I just feel like the way they wrote his ascension to Darth Vader was a little stupid. Um, do you think him killing the younglings was a little bit much? That's, I just watched that scene before you called me. That is a very fucking dark scene, dude. Like, he straight up kills, like, 20 kids. Master, what are we gonna do? There's too many of them. Like, I'm gonna kill you all. <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. It seems like... Uh, a no, because he was so focused on Padme, and, um, you know, he did that with the Tusken Raiders, too. He killed all the women and children, too, uh, when he was saving his mom. So, I think he was just so focused on uh, helping Padme, which is this. We'll we'll get to the ending. <laughs> yeah, so I want to hold off on the ending as long as we can. Um, you know, the fight and the the actions that take place from the ending. Um, so we'll move on to we'll move on to Obi Wan and Utapau. How did you feel about how that played out? 
you know, with Obi-Wan doing a very, very quick reconnaissance and then literally throwing him in, himself in front of the entire droid army that was on the planet. Do you think that was just like, let's just do this because Obi-Wan does this shit? Or do you think that was kind of stupid too, where it's like, all right, guys, like, really? Like, hello there. Yeah, I thought it was really stupid because, um, you know, General Grievous, why why even fight him? Like, he already runs away like a coward. Might as well be like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, when he jumps down and, like, everyone's pointing a gun at him, I'm like, dude, just finish the job. <laughs> he can't deflect all of your blasters. Uh, I thought it was a little dumb. I'm not trying to cherry pick at this point. It's just kind of hard not to. I really do love this movie. Uh, I just, like, I honestly, like, maybe this is seriously, like, ugh. But I even think their fight's fucking stupid. Like, Obi-Wan takes off his hand so quick that the lightsaber battle, I think, is over in less than a minute or two. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my biggest gripes with the Star Wars franchise is, like, you never get to see these epic fights. Until that's with the hands, too. Like, why not chop off a leg? <laughs> I, that's another question I'd write down for George Lucas. Like, why do you like taking hands off and arms? <laughs> You have, like, a weird fetish with people losing limbs, uh, their upper limbs. Um, did you hate the green reptile that he rides around on that screams the same scream, like, the entire time? I think so. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so annoying. I love the way it looked as a kid, but, man, watching that movie again today, I'm like, God, shut that thing up. Or when Commander Cody turns on him to shoot it, and he goes, uh, and then he falls like freaking a thousand feet. <laughs> dude, it would have been fucking awesome if they showed the water when it landed and it just blew up. <laughs> well, that's standing water. That's like glass. Or that's actually like concrete. So, like, you'd see that. I mean, I guess if Obi Wan fell in afterwards, he'd be fine. But, like, that well, thing would have been like. <laughs> like fucking, you'd look like a giant gusher. <laughs> Um, yeah, you like the freaking scene off The Shining when the elevator opens. <laughs> that would, that's exactly what it would, would look like. Uh, obviously, Obi-Wan used the Force to survive his fall, you know, clearly. Um, none of us know that, everybody. It's just, this it's is midichlorians. <laughs> this is midichlorian count. Um, wait, hold on. I just realized we didn't talk about that at all yet. So the midichlorians were introduced in episode one. Talked about in episode two, talked about in episode three. Did you think that was stupid or were you okay with the fact that they just brought in some completely new, like, forced DNA? Uh, yeah, it's stupid. Like, uh, <laughs> George Lucas could have just said, yeah, it's freaking magic and only people, some people can harness it. And, like, everyone would have been like, all right. <laughs> But no, he's like, it's in your DNA, bro. Your midichlorian count. <laughs> Everybody's like, all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. It's fucking magic, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking space magic. Oh, my God. Yeah, come on. I mean, like, <laughs> it's in the blood. <laughs> like, uh, 
dude shooting lightning DNA. <laughs> it's in his DNA. That sounds like an ad for Ancestry.com. <laughs> Chlorian count now. <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> Ancestry.com is not a sponsor of your midichlorian count. Um, so I think we got that out of the way because I completely forgot, and that is something I wanted to talk about. Um, were you okay with the way Grievous died? Were you okay with how Obi-Wan took him out? Um, real quick, before you give your answer, he gets fucking knocked over a ledge almost again, just like Darth Maul in episode one. And uh, apparently Obi-Wan just likes to take the same hits. Uh, were you okay with the, the outcome of their fight and the way it went about? Or would you rather just be a full-fledged lightsaber fight? Ah, like, General Grievous isn't a Force user. Correct. So, like, why didn't Obi-Wan just be like, Woof, and, like, shoot him off the edge? <laughs> It's like, I think Obi Wan likes falling. Right? He's got like a. He's, that's his like secret lie. He says he doesn't like flying, but he really does. He really enjoys it. He talks about how he doesn't like flying ships all the time, but he loves getting knocked around, if you know what I mean. And falling and holding onto ledges. <laughs> and uh, getting shot off a cliff and falling a thousand feet. I'm the best ledge climber in Coruscant. So he takes out Grievous. Uh, it's an okay ending. Uh, like you said, um, if we were to cherry pick it, yeah, he could have just force pushed his ass off the cliff. And... <laughs> All right, see you, Grievous. Like, I know for story purposes and cinematic purposes, you can't have that, but I wish somebody would have told George it would have been that easy, you know? Like, let's just fucking knock his, off, his ass off the ledge, you know? Like, <laughs> just push him. Uh... What happens next? So, before we get into the ending of the movie, I want to talk about Order 66. Uh, I personally felt like they did a really good job of making you fucking feel like it's all falling apart, that Darth Vader is rising, the Empire is, is coming about. Would you feel the same about that, or would you have changed anything about it? Yeah, I thought it was uh, good seeing you know all of them die, bringing balance to the Force. Um, I would have added more Jedi's though. Dying. I, well, like it showed all the masters dying. Right, it showed the council dying. No one else. Obviously, they showed the Jedi Temple and Coruscant, but we can't really count that for what you're saying because it's just like some random characters in the background. You would have liked to see like full, like on maybe fights or. Yeah, like um, especially in the Jedi temple like you know there's a shit ton of them there you know so like freaking everybody battling it out duking it out not anakin walking in there to kill some younglings <laughs> so would you maybe have put it uh on par with do you did you ever see the knights of the old republic mmo trailer where the sith literally crashed their entire ship with like a hundred sith warriors into the jedi temple and they all just start duking it out right there but instead of lightsabers, it would have been blasters and stuff. Like, you kind of wanted to see that, right? Where it's you saw the war itself, not Anakin walking around everybody. Yeah. Like, they could have took the youngling scene out and put more Jedis in there. Like, even Anakin fighting them, you know? I mean, you saw it in the security cameras when Obi-Wan and Yoda are looking at it in the Jedi Temple. Uh, yes, you do. Oh, my God. Sorry. I guess this is what happens when I don't finish the movie. But, yes. 
before or after Yoda fights uh, Palpatine, he does show him a recording of Anakin killing everybody. Oh, another stupid thing I just thought of, thinking of the recording. Like, it shows him kneeling before Emperor Palpatine. Like, why do, Why isn't there a security camera? There's a security camera in the hallway, but not in his office. <laughs> and it's, like, showing him, like, kneeling. Like, really? <laughs> All of his Darth Sidious dealings, too. Like, they didn't show any recordings of that. Oh, damn it, Alex, man. Uh, plot holes galore. I, I, I know I'm horrible at this. It's just, I don't, this is funny because I don't think about this shit while I'm watching it. So hearing you talk about it go, makes me go, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the things I would say about Order 66 is just like the Jedi Masters being killed off right away, if we don't get the scene on Coruscant that you want, I wish we would have got more of the Clone Wars styles of these Masters in the, part, the hypothetical part one that I want for this movie where you get to see more of them. Like, they showed the chick on uh, Felucia, the blue chick, and she just drops. Like, she just dies. It's like, was I supposed to care about her? Because I didn't, like, two minutes ago. And I just feel like there's a little bit more backstory in the live-action universe for those characters. But obviously the music from John Williams really carries that entire scene, and it makes you feel like, well, when Yoda drops his cane and he's holding his heart, and it's like, damn, dude, this fool feels like pretty much everybody just died (laughs) that he's like homies with uh yeah order 66 even till this day if you play star wars jedi fallen order you experience order 66 on cal's scale with his master um it's also extremely dark and really well done you get to experience order 66 on a um more of a first person view from the clone troopers eyes uh in star wars battlefront 2 if you play that the original one because the new ones suck um so when we talk about these movies, also remember that they had incredible games to go along with them. Uh, if you go back and play any of them, please remember that Disney sucks and they got rid of all of Legends lore. So unfortunately, the original Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, which I talked about earlier, where Mace Windu, it shows his side of the story. Unfortunately, that's not canon. But if you want more to your prequel movies... I highly recommend going and playing those games because it gives you a lot more story uh, and also any books that came out during that time. So I probably want to move on to the meat of this episode, and that is the fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Uh, And Yoda and... uh, And uh, Palpatine. Yeah. Let's start with them first because I have a few issues with that. I really... Hello, my little green friend. (laughs) And once again, Yoda just kind of looks like a bitch in this fight. However, even though Palpatine almost got straight murdered by his own lightning that Mace Windu was deflecting, like, it shows how powerful Palpatine is. So would you say that maybe they wrote it that way to show that maybe uh, Master Yoda... uh, was unprepared for Palpatine's level of strength? Or would you say that they just kind of wasted that fight? I did not think it was that impressive with him throwing the fucking, uh, the Senate's, you know, chairs, essentially, the, their platforms at uh, Yoda. I didn't think that was cool at all. 
Yeah, I think they should have took that out and made it like a giant lightsaber duel like between Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan to actually show how powerful Yoda is. Uh, I mean, I guess they're doing it with the Force, but um, man, he threw those Senate chairs faster than that pillar that almost crushed Anakin and (laughs) Obi-Wan. That is true, and you know, if we got a bigger lightsaber fight, I think it would have been cool because one of the things they show us when Obi-Wan and Yoda go back to Coruscant is them killing the tro- uh, the clone troopers at- outside the Jedi Temple, and Yoda is straight fucking them up, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. He's annihilating them, and it's like, why didn't we get to see that with Palpatine? These are technically, at that current time, the two strongest Force users in the entire galaxy before Anakin technically rises to that power, but we never really see it. Um, I just feel like before the chairs and the platforms got thrown at each other, they could have had more of a lightsaber fight. Uh, granted, they do have one, everybody. We're not saying they don't have one. It's just what we got, I feel like, was just a wasted opportunity. But it was still cool to see them fight. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody in the theater wanted to see that fight since episode six, or five and six. Um, I would just say Yoda as a character in the prequels was extremely underwhelming. But I guess his his character is meant to be like a, a on a mental note like he's just that powerful mentally rather than um physically i guess and uh i don't know i I don't like it no hold on there what what are you looking at there we go uh what'd you do super laggy (laughs) oh okay i didn't do anything yeah like dropped for me for a second um, so what was your question? Um, we were talking about the Yoda and Chancellor fight. Uh, I just wish that there was more lightsaber fighting in it, which is something that you kind of said too. And I just feel like it was a wasted opportunity for what we got. Mm-hmm. It, it could have been so much more epic. Um, kind of like Obi-Wan and Anakin's fight is like their fight is fucking insane, dude. Um, till this day, it's probably the best on-screen fight we have, I would say. Besides, yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, George Lucas had to tiptoe around it because Yoda or Palpatine can't get injured or hurt uh, or die. Versus, like, Anakin, you know, uh, they got to show, you know, him get the scars. Um, so there's really no... Um, dangerous outcome. So it's just, yeah, I, more more lightsaber dueling. Well, I guess for anybody listening, uh, I am looking at this like the four, four, five, and six don't exist yet, and that's kind of I guess the issue I'm having is that they do exist, and you make a good point. Nothing can happen to these characters because then it would make four, five, and six irrelevant. Like it, it'd be like, oh, why doesn't Palpatine have that scar that he got from Yoda? Revenge of the Sith. So, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Got me there. Yeah. What do you think of Anakin and Padme's last moments together? Before we go into the big fight. No comment. That was a great, great ending to a love movie. It might be the best rom-com ending I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Hallmark would be proud. And Snape killed Dumbledore, I was just fucking blown away by it. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I just kind of, I don't know. I just think it's, it was very lazy the way they did it. Like, like once again, how does Anakin not see that all of his actions were false? Like they, he was made to made to believe that what he was doing was right. And it literally led to him using force choke on his fucking wife. He was pregnant with his twins, which he doesn't know about, but his baby, which ultimately leads to her losing the will to live during child labor. So, on that, Palpatine knows how to force heal and was taken her essence for him. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It... uh... That's just nitpicking at that point. That scene had to be what it is. So we'll move on to Anakin versus uh, Obi-Wan. What, is there anything you would change about the fight? Or do you feel like it was very, very well done? Because I, I think they fucking nailed it. I wouldn't oh, have yeah. yeah. No problems with it. Except one part. <laughs> There's one, I'm sorry. There, there is one part. So they're fighting in the control room where they, he just got done killing the Separatist, and they're both like swinging their lightsabers around. They're missing each other, and then they like they, they use a force ability to each other's hands like this, and then it blows up and they fly to each corner of the room. I fucking hate that scene. I was there no dead bodies in the control room? Did Anakin like clean them up before Obi Wan came? <laughs> <laughs> so over there with like a freaking mop. <laughs> R2 is cleaning all the bodies. He's lighting them on fire and shit. Um, Practicing all his one-liners for Obi-Wan. Yeah, dude. I don't remember if the bodies are there. Oh, my God. But do you not remember what I'm talking about? No, no, I do. I do. Okay. Did you think that was stupid, or am I overreacting a little bit? Yeah, I would say it's stupid, because, like, Anakin's, like, what, two times, three times more powerful than Obi-Wan? And especially with the dark side flowing through him, you know, Obi-Wan would have probably been shot to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Home run! I mean, like, Obi-Wan gets knocked out with every other force throw. Like, he hits the wall and he's out. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Like, Count Dooku in the beginning, like, force throws him at a fucking balcony. And then he pulls it down on him, and it's like, all right, well, that dude's out again. Damn, Obi-Wan. He, he just likes sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. He just went to sleep, guys. You know, I feel like they really didn't treat Obi-Wan well in the prequel. <laughs> they did not. He's just <laughs> the ragdoll. <laughs> all right, guys. Can we uh, force push him, please? Um, he is such a powerful character, and they didn't really show it that well. Same with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, my boy Mace Windu was not represented very well. Actually, yeah, he did it before his hand got cut off and him being forced to put out a window. (laughs) Once again, Anakin shows up to fuck everything up. Uh, Hopefully there's a geyser down below. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be fine, guys. It's only a thousand feet. Uh, You're right. In the fight scene that he had with Palpatine, they they showed everything they needed to with Mace Windu. He, He really fucked up Palpatine. So I'll give you that. Uh, we didn't need more Mace Windu. He had it there. Um, it would have been cool if they filmed like a deleted alternate ending, and it just ends right there with Mace Windu impaling 
fucking Palpatine or something. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, besides him, there's three other Jedi Masters there with him. And, like, Palpatine just flies through the air. And, like, the guy oh! has his... The guy has his, like, lightsaber above his head, and Palpatine's just like... <laughs> he does, he just jumps up and stabs him, and it's like, really, that's it? Like, yeah, two of the Jedi Masters die instantly. Uh, I'm sure everyone that's listening remembers, Palpatine does his stupid spiral roaring jump, and then stabs two Jedi Masters in less than 15 seconds, and they are out. And then our green boogaloo guy dies... 10 seconds later. And yeah, dude, they just, I, I literally just saw that scene again today. It, it kind of pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. What's with Palpatine's voice too? Like he has like a random voice effect, like pitching up and down. Like he's with his normal voice. And then he's like super dark and creepy. Definitely <laughs> changes on the regular, especially when, um, you know, he's walking down the hall with Anakin explaining that he could, save Padme, his voice, I think, changes twice in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just uh, editing didn't hold up. You know, uh, that movie came out 15 years ago. Maybe it just didn't hold up very well. Uh, 15 (laughs) or 16 years ago. Uh, So back to the Obi-Wan and Anakin fight. Um, So you said there was nothing you would change about it, that you think they handled it well, but you made a good point when I was complaining about my scene, that Anakin is technically, at this time, as they're fighting, way more powerful than Obi-Wan. Would you say that it's because, you know, Anakin didn't know how to harness his power like Obi-Wan did? Because Obi-Wan is very passive and uh, yeah, patient. Yeah, I would say so. But, like, even that, like, um, Starkiller. Uh, yeah, from the Force Unleashed? Yes. I keep on wanting to say Force Awakens. Um, there you go. You know, he has his, he's super powerful and like he doesn't know how to control it, but he has like outbursts, right? Throughout the game of him showing his like a huge amount of power. Yeah. So I, you know, thinking like Anakin would be like that too. You know, he's like a hormonal teenager just with midichlorians. Yeah. I, I would just say that. Clearly, Anakin wasn't ready to fight Obi-Wan. You know, Obi-Wan isn't... Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan knew what he had to do, you know? Like, Obi-Wan knew that he was going to Mustafar to kill Anakin. Like, he had no choice. And so, I think he was just more prepared than Anakin was, because Anakin's kind of just an emotional bitch. Um, anything about the high ground? Did you like the way he finished the fight, or would you change anything about that? Mm, no, it's fine, because, you know, it had to happen. I really wish George Lucas did one through three first, because <laughs> then he could have, like, done so much more, uh, yeah. changed so much things. But, you know, he's limited. Obi-Wan has to survive, and Anakin has to become... Darth Vader. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, this is something we talked about last night when we were somewhat preparing for this, is that the, the, the climax of this movie would have been ten times, like, sadder and just intense if this was 
first before four, five, and six. And obviously, we can't go back and change any of that. But from now on, when I tell people to watch these movies, I tell them to start with one, two, and three. Not because I think they're better, but because the story, when you jump from three to four, honestly, like, it's kind of fucking depressing. Like, Obi-Wan's a has-been. The Empire is basically ruling the entire galaxy. Like, no one gets to live their lives like they'd want to. Uh, You know, Jabba the Hutt uh, basically runs Mos Eisley and all that. So it's, like, really intense when you think about it. Um... No, I think the fight was great. Um, a couple things that you know the movie finishes on is, well, there's a bunch of things, so I'm gonna try to remember them as we go because it's a little bit. Were you okay with uh, Senator Organa's like ending with episode three? I like the actor who plays him. Um, they fleshed him out more in the video games, so I'm sorry if anyone hasn't played the Force Awake or the Force Unleashed. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Um, and of course, Unleashed, he's in it quite a bit and really provides that leadership that Starkiller needs to help build a rebellion. Obviously, this isn't canon, but if you go back and play The Force Unleashed, it really builds on his character. Um, I like the way they ended it for him. Um, what did you think of Yoda? Just He says he needs to go into exile. Real quick, before you answer that, sorry. Do you know what Yoda does in exile? Did you never see the Clone Wars episodes where they show it? Uh, is it the new ones? No, it was like like four years ago when they released the unfinished episodes, the ones they never released. And it's about him training with Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, they literally brought back Liam Neeson to voice Qui-Gon Jinn. And he teaches Yoda how to become one with the Force. And it's an extremely intense story arc for Yoda that made me love his character so much more. Have you never seen that? No, I haven't. Um, I'll have to send it to you. I highly recommend it. Well, I mean, because uh, Yoda teaches uh, Obi-Wan how to talk to Liam Neeson from Taken. Yeah. He... <laughs> I don't know where you are, but I'll find you. I don't remember his line, so sorry for butchering that, guys. Um, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, he does say to Obi-Wan... Um, I will teach you how to speak to your old master. So before he goes into exile, in the Clone Wars show, they show him go through his entire experience to talk to Qui-Gon Jinn. But that, I just realized that takes place before where we're at now with Episode 3. Um, so I'm okay with Yoda just kind of going to Dagobah, Dagobah to also teach uh, Obi-Wan how to talk to Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, obviously, Obi-Wan takes the kids to... Well, where they got to go, Senator, Senator Organa takes Leia. Um, Obi-Wan takes Luke. But before we jump to that, and that's the final scene of the movie, um, were you okay with, like, Padme has lost the will to live? Or did you find that kind of fucking stupid? Because she clearly didn't get choked enough because she's still giving birth to the kids. Like, she's sitting there screaming her lungs out. So she's fine. <laughs> like, she's not, like, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but... Her lungs seem to be working pretty well because she's there screaming the kids out. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was stupid, but then, you know, Palpatine is talking about Darth Plagueis and uh, uh, how he can steal life from others to uh, uh, better his own, you know, right. the Im- immortality. So I was thinking, because she dies after, you know, Anakin gets cut up from Obi-Wan and burned. <laughs> so, like, 
I could see um, Emperor Palpatine just using that force because he told Anakin he doesn't know it, air quotes. Um, but like he's transferring that life to Anakin's to save him because he's all fucked up. Uh, yeah, you know, I feel like Anakin's wounds would have killed him. I don't see how it's possible for anybody to survive that. So I could see if Palpatine just used the force power that we hadn't seen yet. Because we, we see it in Rise of the Skywalker, but the two people had to be in the same room. So I don't know if that counts. But yeah, no, it makes sense, you know, on that level if, you know, um, he used that to, uh, to save her. And then, were you okay with the ending where Owen basically, you know, is standing on the sunset on Tatooine with Aunt May? And yeah, it, <clears throat> that that one was fine. I, I don't mind that. Three trilogies. I am Rey yeah. Skywalker now. I still haven't seen the last movie. <clears throat> oh, spoiler alert! Oh, I don't care literally the last line from the movie i think um okay so what um so you got three movies uh which one's the worst and which one's the you know which one's the worst to best for you we're gonna probably have the same answer but go ahead in order worst to best one two three same here i guess that was kind of a dumb question because it's really hard to think that the other two could be better than three and Attack of the Clones, like I said, for the last 40 minutes is no matter what better than Phantom Menace. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's how we feel about the prequel trilogy for Star Wars. Uh, those are episodes one through three. Uh, Alex, what would you like to add? So at the end of episode three, <laughs> when Palpatine tells Darth Vader that Padme is dead, why didn't Darth Vader just like, no. no, just choke him to death. Like, you promised. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, that was the sole reason why he became a Sith, is to save Padme. <laughs> and, and he literally choked her out. And then we're assuming, we don't know for sure, but it does make sense that Palpatine used her life force to save Anakin, because it would be strong enough, or whatever. Yeah, well, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Is like, how does Anakin not just break this motherfucker? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, oh, I hate it. I really. And then he was it. talking to Padme about like, you know, let's overthrow Palpatine. Come on, we're already two steps ahead of him and one step backwards. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck went there. Uh, like you said earlier, if they changed any of that, we wouldn't have four, five, and six. It wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and, and and lucky for Mr. Lucas, he gets to say that. You know, he gets to say, "Hey, I didn't know how the whole story was gonna go when I made the original trilogy, which is fine. I just fucking despise some of the the outcomes we could have had, opposed to what we got." Um, so is there anything else you'd like to add to our prequel trilogy talk? Yes, my fiance. Uh, doesn't like Hayden Christian's acting. <laughs> He's not even that bad. He's just doing his job. I know. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so uh, thank you for tuning into the show, everybody. This is the It Just Works podcast. I'm Ryan, and next week, or I'm sorry, next Star Wars conversation will be about 4, 5, and 6. Um, honestly, I can already tell you now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a lot nicer of a conversation, You know, a little bit more on a positive side. 
But when it comes to Star Wars, we have to keep it real with you. Alex, is there anything you'd like to close out by, you know, close out with? Oh, no, I'm good. I think we covered everything. All right, everyone. Thank you for watching, and we will see you guys next time.